This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, August 19th. Great to have you. Jason, I have a question for you. Are punters people? Well, let's. We, I, I go to the shirt. You are wearing the shirt that answers said this, question. This is Ryan Rico's uh, offering. I bought this. so You, you, you may I'm need a, to stand up a little a bit Ryan, so people can see. I'm a see. Ryan Rico fan. Just check me out here. Yep, Ryan Rico. There you go. Uh, BYU's punter. Got got me some punter swag. Is this? Yeah, I was gonna say this. Is this punters are people? Is too. this Ryan's uh, is. nil deal? It like, is. yeah. So, yeah, like, he you're, you're he, helping. I gave Ryan him money. Rico. Yeah, I gave him money. Uh, I, I noticed that you didn't you didn't buy some for all of us. Well, yeah. I mean, I would have enjoyed a punters or people two shirt. I don't. I don't have that jacket either. So I think we're <laughs> even. Uh, yes, punters are people too. Now, Brian Logan has been saying that punters aren't people. Yesterday, he said punters are, but kickers aren't. Oh, so it's like uh, we didn't have time to distinguish why. Does one John? Right. Does does this? I have to assume Johnny Linehan may have done something like this. What do, you, what do you mean? Like, like I wonder if he had shirts like this. He just wasn't able to sell them. Yeah, probably, um, and had something to do with fourth and nineteen. By the way, the specialists <laughs> wear a blue jersey like this so as to be distinguished and not hit like the. Quarterback. That is a very cool shirt, though. Yeah, I like it. I uh, got it in the mail. Do, do you mind? Do you mind uh, telling me to, how much? I'm going to lose it. Like, what? How much was it? Enough. It was more than twenty. Okay, no, oh, no. There you go. Yeah. I don't know why we're being give secretive Ryan, about it, give but that's Ryan, fine. It was with shipping. It was like in the low thirties. Okay, that's a, that's a that's a that's a shirt. I'm still in a 1990s mentality, like most of your life, of like what <laughs> things should cost. So I'm thinking, like, wait, isn't and is isn't a t-shirt like 15 bucks? 15 no, bucks? No, it's like easy 30 there, bucks money now. tree man. <laughs> Here's the show lineup: more compelling and rich content, like that conversation. How long of a leash will the starting quarterback have? We'll discuss. Tom Holm on how to keep Mark Pope at BYU. He was asked about that at uh, Education Week, uh, which is always fun for parking for us. <laughs> Seneca Knight, transfer on the men's basketball team, joins the program. Uh, excited to chat with him. And Jennifer Rockwell to join us as well, head coach of the number 15 women's soccer team. You'll be on the uh, call tonight, Chef, for that. That's exciting. Against Ohio State, season opener. I am stoked. You're repping the soccer team as well. But first, let's get after it. Here's some headlines. BYU fall camp continues in preparations for the season opener against Arizona coming up on September 4th. Defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki says his defensive line is progressing well, and some of that credit goes to the O-line. feel good about the personnel. We've got a lot of good bodies in there. Um, and I, think, I think they're understanding the scheme and, and uh, you know tr- playing a little bit better. We're, we're playing against... What I think is a really, really good O-line uh, day in, day out. And so um, it's making our young guys grow up grow up fast, which we need. Speaking of shirts, I liked uh, Elisa's shirt as well. You're really trying to get that built sponsorship. I, like, I really I need like an that. NIL. I really need an NIL. Your NIL has been uh, available for a long time. Like, uh, honestly, if I had an NIL, I would immediately go with tonal. I, am, I, I want one of those tonal wall workout <laughs> things. Uh, more product placement. Headline two. The Carolina Panthers released Micah Simon to make room for a newly signed offensive lineman. This just in, we don't like that move. 
And tonight, the Patriots with Kyle Van Noy and Harvey Long, you play the Eagles in preseason week two. Hopefully, Michael Lance is somebody else. BYU Men's Hoops will host Texas Southern on November 24th. This according to Texas Southern, which, which released its non-conference schedule yesterday. The Cougars beat the Tigers last season in Provo 87-71. to Number 15, BYU Women's Soccer hosts Ohio State, as mentioned tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. The season opener, let's go. They've met twice, a 3-0 BYU win in 2016 and a scoreless draw in 2017. And this just in, the Polynesian College Football Player of the Year Award watch list is out. Here are the BYU guys on the list. Chaz Ayu, Lorenzo Fawatea, Lopini Katoa, Puka Nakua, Neil Pau, Keenan Peely, Isaac Rex. You're like, Isaac Rex is Polynesian? Yes. Uh, and uh, that's it. So congratulations to those Congratulations guys. to all of them. That's awesome. Uh, Zach, Zach Wilson was on that list last year because people forgot. Oh, it's Dead Mike Polynesian? Yes. Yeah. It's like, wait, the white, white kid from Drake? Nope. He's half Polynesian. That's awesome. Okay, uh, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. We are getting closer to kickoff, baby. Countdown to the Wildcats. 16 days. That's always weird. We are a Blaine Fowler away. Oh, yeah, baby. That's, that's, we are a Blaine like Fowler away from kickoff. A Baylor Romney away as well. Okay, no starting quarterback named as of yet. When the team does, Jason, we'll know who the guy is. I feel like that's the what the conversation is right now. Who's the guy? Right. But when the guy is named, there are two guys anxious to play should they get the opportunity. So how long should the leash be for the starting quarterback? I think I'm expecting the leash to be very long. Or, well, okay, Maybe I'll take the word very out. I expect it to be a long leash. And the reason I say that is we've gone through, and certainly the coaches, the players, everyone that's going to be evaluating and part of this decision, they've gone through an entire offseason that included spring ball. Depending on how long it takes to name the the quarterback, you're going to go through multiple weeks, if not the entire fall camp, before you actually name a starter. You're going to have all this evaluation process I don't think you're going to go through all of that and then at the drop of a hat with one mistake, oh, we're going to throw that all out the window. Right, not one. That just just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And what's a mistake? An throw, an interception? I expect unless somebody comes out and it is an absolute disaster, talking just the offense. 2015 first quarter. The offense cannot move multiple turnovers and a half, something like that. I'm talking about a specific game. Then maybe you go with the backup. To, just to mix it up and see what happens. Yep. But in terms of, I think once the guy is there, and, and the, by the way, the reason I don't see that scenario playing out is because I just because don't expect. Arizona. Because, well, Arizona. Arizona does stink it. But I, I just don't look at any, of, any three of the quarterbacks and say, I don't expect any of it to be a disaster. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean that there's not going to be turnovers. Of course there's going to be turnovers. Right. But I, I, I expect whoever gets the starting nod, and we, I think we're, we all expect it to be Jaron, that Jaron is more than capable of taking this offense where it needs to go. So I, I think the leash is long because I, I think the evaluation process has been long and they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna back up after going through that process and then naming a starter. Yeah, I, Aaron Roderick on Media Day said the the leash is long as well. So uh, I have a dog, his name is Rex, he's eight months old, he's a lab, 
And uh, I have a leash that needs to be a little longer. It's annoying to walk with him on a shortish leash. I need a longer leash. Oh, you're taking this literal. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I uh, would like a longer leash there. Um, Jaron Hall in limited action uh, has yet to turn the ball over, if I'm correct. Uh, you know, so that's a, a thing. We need to see him play a little more. If the guy's Baylor Romney, Baylor is taking care of the ball pretty well. Does have three picks, but does have eight touchdowns, right? 65% completion rate. Jacob Conover, we have yet to see uh, in a game. I'm with you. I think it's a long leash, barring a disaster. And uh, if it is disastrous, I would I would think it'd be like two and a half quarters, right? Then you make a switch. Think 2011 Utah State, uh, where Jake Keeps wasn't cutting it, Riley Nelson comes in, and miraculous things happen at the very end there. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, long, but you have two dudes that competed at least two weeks to the date into fall camp, and there wasn't a starter named, meaning they like all three so far or they like two of the three or whatever, feels like it's all three. So that makes sense. I think that leash will be long, and that's, that's uh, okay. Against Arizona, I don't expect issues. Against Utah, we've come to find that there are issues. With, <laughs> there, with there always seems to be issues. Turning the ball over specifically. And it, it is interesting because BYU doesn't have a – like there, there's two sophomores who are essentially juniors, and then there's a freshman. So it's not like, hey, if Tanner Mangum isn't good enough, you go to Zach. It's like, well, there's two Tanner Mangums, if you will, um, in the situation where it's like either guy would work, has started games, we trust them. So we'll see how long that leash is. Well, and if if you take the coaches at their word that this is so close because everybody's playing at a high level and nobody's separated themselves, then... I can see where that's good and bad. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, if there's a guy, step up, let's go. But... If multiple are that good. But if you have guys that all of them deserve to be starters, but only one can, if you have to go to somebody else, then in your own mind you're thinking, well, we're just putting in the other starter. Unless that dude is like a – I mean, Jacob Conover has a nice resume. I I kind of stumble on what I'm saying here because I was going to say, unless that guy's like a four-star that's legit, you don't hand the keys to him. Jacob Conover told Alabama no. Look, I look, I know I do not have <laughs> a problem. Pretty good. If at the end of the day Jacob Conover is the guy that they decide to go with, like, it's it's all about I don't I don't care if, if it's freshman. I I understand not wanting to throw things at, at guys and overwhelm them, but I think if a guy has proven, I, I, I don't worry about him being a freshman if that's the way they go. I just don't worry about it because they've seen him in practices more than we've seen him. That'd They're going to know if he's the one that's yeah. capable of moving the offense. To me, that'd be a massive indictment on Hall and Romney, not necessarily about how good Conover was because they've played. They've been in the program. They should be the ones that get the first opportunities. Jacob and we Con- expect them to. Yes, Jacob Conover is going to be a stud here. I just think that the timing is a year or two out, right? Yeah, I just, I just don't like just eliminating somebody from the conversation just because he's a freshman and hasn't done it so far. just means he hasn't done it yet. Yep. And Not if, that he can. If he he's plays, hasn't done it yet. If he plays a lot, something happened with Holland Romney. That's my opinion. <laughs> I love Jacob. All right. Topic number two. In his annual Education Week Q&A yesterday, Tom Homo was asked how he can keep Mark Pope at BYU. And uh, Homo responded with the following, quote, I love that guy. If he ever takes a job at Duke or North Carolina, I would be the happiest guy in the world. I really would because I love that kid and I want him to be successful. But he's here now and we're going to ride that pony the best we can, In quote. What's your reaction to that comment? First off, is it little Sebastian-like pony? What are we talking about here? 
Also, he calls him kid. That's fun. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it's like Tom's, Tom's. Uh, you know, what, five, ten years away from retirement? There's an age gap there I never really thought about. I think of them as like a similar situation. And then, Duke, Tom, Duke or North Carolina? You mean Kentucky? Like, that's the one he wants uh, in the end, I would think, as a former Kentucky Well, maybe player. he wouldn't be happy for him if he would. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. That's I'm, a great point. I am joking. Um, you know how you can keep someone is, is this, right? <laughs> and uh, BYU luckily is very competitive in that sense because of the generous donations of local amazing businesses that in Utah County. So I think as long as Mark Pope wants to be here, he can be here given yeah. how successful he's been so far. Man, the models worked through two years. We're going into year three feeling pretty confident about an NCAA tournament-type team and hopefully winning a game at least. So, so far, so good, man. The fact that, be- like, when I was little, I was like, Mark Pope, the tall, white Mormon dude on Kentucky. That's like who he was to me. And now uh, he's our guy, our being Cougar Nation. Everybody loves this guy. Amazing personality, incredible recruiter. He's getting some really good talent here. Exciting things ahead. Hopefully he stays here for a long time. But... One day he won't be here. Right. That's just a fact. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this, this is one of those situations where it's good and bad. It's good to have a guy that you know is successful and has proven that he can be successful, and we expect him to continue to be successful. But the, the other side of that coin is other people are going to notice how successful he has been. And so when I, when I heard the quote, it was like, you know what? L- let's not worry about what could happen down the road. He's here now. We are going to win a lot of basketball games because he's here right now. And if something happens down the road, we'll deal with that then. But let's, let's enjoy the situation that BYU basketball fans have right now because it is a very good one. How good do you want BYU to be in a year? Because if they're too good, Mark Pope might get plucked. How good do you want him to be? If BYU goes to the Sweet 16 year, uh, this year, there would be multiple Power 6 offers for Mark. Don't be deceived either he gets tons of interest the last two years as well so hopefully we can keep him as long as possible our question of the day with three guys still competing for the spot how long of a leash should the BYU starting quarterback have let's hear from you in voice of the nation this is the voice of the nation on BYU sports nation Weigh in on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter on Instagram and underscore uh, Crowley19. Honestly, I wish we treated this more like a baseball pitcher, reliever, closer type mentality. (laughs) That way the leash for any of them is pretty short, but they don't lose confidence in themselves knowing they have a defined role on the team. Yeah, when when Robbie Bosco took over for Steve Young, um, you know, he, he struggled the first couple of drives and Lavelle pulled him over and said, hey, you're our guy, don't worry about it. And if I'm Blaine Fowler over there, I'm like, wait, can I get in? You know, um, These guys are competitive, and they want to play. Go watch the media day conversation we had with all three together, which I've yet to see anyone else do this, by the way. It was really fun to have all three talk together about this situation. Okay, at Cougar A70. You don't put leashes on Cougars. That's the scientific fact, I think, right? Especially that one in the canyon. Do you remember that? I do remember it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> But the starter can't be afraid to make a mistake because every QB will make them. Yeah, amen. All three are mega confident, need to, to occasionally take appropriate risks. Go Cooks. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's well phrased. I, I, think, I think when the starter is named, when, when it, I think when Jaron Hall is named the starter, Jaron Hall is going to have success as the BYU quarterback. I just, I, I, we've seen it. What, we've seen what he can because do. Because Arizona. And, and then let's, let's do it against Utah. Let's go. Yes. Come on. Yes. 
I don't believe there's going to be a scenario where you're going to have to worry about that. Certainly against Arizona. You hope, you hope not. You certainly Confidence hope not. In those yes, guys. absolutely not. All right, coming up, what was Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers talking about yesterday? No one else has this information. We've got it. We'll guess at it. And Senate Knight of Cougar Hoops joins us. The uh, transfer from San Jose State and LSU. Why BYU and what's in store for him in Provo? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Soccer kicks off its season tonight on BYU TV and the app. Watch as the Cougars host Ohio State at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The Ohio State, are you going to use that tonight on the broadcast? Call him the. Are you going to call him the? I'm a the Ohio, no, Ohio no State. Ohio State? I would probably just skip <laughs> it all together and just say Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're live in Studio B. Jeremy Jordan alongside Jason Shepard here for BYU Sports Nation. Our next guest is introduced with a stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Seneca Knight averaged 17.1 points per game in 2019 and 20 at San Jose State. He played a couple of games last year and then opted out. He now joins us from the Marriott Center Annex, where he is BYU Cougar now. He is BYU Cougar. Seneca, it's great to have you on the show, man. Welcome to BYU. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Okay, let's start with sort of your journey to this point. Uh, You started LSU. Uh, you don't play there. You end up transferring to San Jose State. We talked about the fantastic season you had when you played the full year two years ago. And here you are at BYU. Sure. So how how'd you get here, man? So technically, I started at San Jose State, then went to LSU back in January during, uh, you know, COVID and everything. Decided to go closer back home and everything, but just felt like it wasn't the right fit for me and my development. So when I got the opportunity at the end of June to leave, I took advantage of it. Take and us- I ended up at BYU. Take us through why BYU was the right place for you. When did the Cougars become serious contenders for you to go and play for them, and why was it the right fit for you? Uh, I would say they reached out right away, and I just had interest in it right away. Uh, Talking to Coach Nick, back in January during my recruitment process, I talked to Coach Cody. So them reaching out again just from the jump, I was just like, I wouldn't say on board, but I was willing to hear them out more. And then, you know, especially after my visit, we took some Zoom calls and everything. We had about two, three Zoom calls. And then once I took my visit, just falling in love with the guys, the team, the atmosphere, you know, even the fans. I even got love from the fans on Twitter and everything. I just felt like this would be the best situation for me as a person and to be able to get better at basketball. Well, we're stoked to have you. I think you add an element to this team that was perhaps missing and that would have helped against UCLA in the NCAA tournament, a little bit of perimeter length, uh, six, seven, 215, you're from Louisiana. Describe your game for people who are getting introduced to you as a basketball player. Uh, so, as everybody may know now that I'm a scorer, but also being able to be versatile on the offensive end, so including passing, scoring, uh, also defensive end, you know, using my length being 6'7", taking advantage of that, along with also being able to draw fouls. I was one of the top in the country the year I played in drawing fouls and shooting free throws. So just say a very versatile game and just being able to go out there and whatever coach needs, just knowing that I'm capable of doing it. 
Let's talk more about those two things you just brought up. So I looked up on KenPalm.com this morning, those very two facts you just brought up. So 37th in fouls drawn two years ago. So do you like to take the ball to the rim and try and draw a foul? Is that a strength of your game? Yes, sir. That's definitely a strength of my game. Definitely like to have the defender on their toes. And, you know, being able to switch it up from now, like every now and again. And so they just have difficulty of guarding me. And then you took 200 free throws. I mean, that's a, a pretty good number. You want to get to the free throw line, it sounds like? Yes, sir, most definitely. It's definitely something that me and Coach Pope talked about uh, when he was recruiting me as well. And that's definitely something that, you know, it helps, it helps the game in so many ways. You mentioned it a second ago, Seneca. Everybody knows you can score. We mentioned, you know, 17 points uh, the last full season at – San Jose State, but I want to talk about the defensive side. You talked about your length. How important a part of your game is the fact that you can be one of those wing defenders that everybody really seems like, whether it's college, the pros, everybody's looking for somebody that can defend on the wing. Yeah, uh, it's definitely something very important to me. It's definitely something that we've been working on since I got here from day one as well. I know defense is something I've always been somewhat decent at, but just being able to fine-tune and, you know, learn the right way of how to play defense. And I feel like being in this system, it could really just take off. And, you know, you can never be too good at defense, and every team needs a defender. So I'm just trying to do my part. And, hey, and let's be honest, if you're going to play defense, you're always going to get the minutes from the coaches. They love those guys that play the defense. (laughs) Let's talk about about your three-point shooting. So 29%. What is the staff doing to help you increase that to get into the mid to high 30s? Uh, so every single day, me, Coach Cody, Coach Nick, Coach Bergs, even Coach Pope, we focus on me owning my shot. So making sure I stay there through the follow through and to the ball either goes in or it hits the rim. And just, you know, little minor mechanics and stuff like that, but really just getting a whole bunch of repetition every single day working on it. And it's definitely been paying off. Let's get to know you off the court. Give everybody an idea of what type of person you are, what you do when you get away from basketball. What, what do you like to do when you're not playing basketball? So some of my favorite things to do when I'm not playing basketball is playing, uh, hanging out with my family, playing with my dog. Uh, I have a dog. He's a lab. His name is Lucky. And I love scenery. So that's another reason I chose to come to BYU because, you know, the mountains, I've seen the reservoir on my visit and I fell in love with the, you know, the atmosphere. I like to be able to get away and, you know, just relax your mind and everything. So I say the movies, my dog, family and scenery are like my favorite things to do. Have you had a chance to hike the Y yet? I know you've been here. You've been here a couple of weeks. Have you gone up the mountain yet? No, sir. Not yet, but it's definitely something I'm looking forward to in the near future. Well, we know you went up the hill uh, <laughs> pushing a golf cart because Brad Kitchen's <laughs> golf cart quit. Tell us the story there. Man, so we coming back from getting my fuel cart, and I don't know what street it is, but, you know, up the ramp and everything right by the light, and we just going, and then out of nowhere, the cart just stopped, and he looked at me, and he was like, the cart died. I thought he was joking. I was like, bro, I like, you got to be kidding me. And then next thing you know, he wasn't joking. So we had to get out, push it uphill. Some of the freshmen can't help us out. And, yeah, it was definitely just a workout before practice and everything, too. It was hot that day. And you just imagine pushing a heavy <laughs> cart up a hill. I'm pretty sure nobody's looking forward to that. Hey, it's a preseason. <laughs> You're putting in that work, right? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Got to get it how you can. So last year, the team talked a lot about the best locker room in America. That was the thing that was honestly quite evident if you were able to see this team. Everybody got along really, really well. That has carried over again to this season. Since you've been here, have you been able to see 
why they said it was the best locker room in America? And, and what is this group like when you guys get together? Uh, most definitely. Uh, it's something that Coach Pope really emphasized on. And he made sure that we hang out and be able to bond and get to know one another. So being in the locker room for day one, you just feel the family-like atmosphere. They all your brothers and everything, so they all got your back, whatever you need. And it's just a fun, enjoyable, goofy locker room to be in. You just try to make the best of it, even going to practice and everything. It just It's always fun. Like, you want to be here. Who have you connected with the most so far? Uh, I'll say Tijon and uh, A.B., Alex Barcella. Tell and Caleb. I'm cool, with Caleb. I'm cool with all of them, but Caleb, that's yeah. my guy, too. Caleb seems like a great <laughs> hang. Yeah, definitely. Cool vibe, chill vibe. I love it. Yeah. He seems like no judgment ever. What's what, like, whatever you want to do, that's, uh, that's great. Um, tell us about Alex as a leader, because we've seen it in practice before, and we've seen it on the court. Now he's back for a third year, which is awesome. Now he's he's got the task of kind of rallying these troops from the player's perspective. What's he like as a leader of what you've seen so far? Uh, Alex is a great leader. He's always somebody you could go to and talk to about anything on the court, off the court. I know with me first getting here and everything, just being able to ask him certain questions about, like, um, you know, getting ready for the season, you know, throughout the, the ins and out of the plays, and it's out of, you know, just being here and everything since he was a transfer as well. And he's always there to give, like, 110% on the court. And he's always there to just to help you with whatever you need, advice. Or, you know, even the other day we were moving some stuff to our new place, and he's coming to help. Uh, it's just somebody that you can always count on. And he's very vocal on the court as a leader as well. So, you know, it's just, he's just a leader in and out on the court, off the court. It's just a part of him. Anytime you're going to go to a new program, you know, it's going to be different. You're going to, you're not going to know people. How much has it helped that this roster has a lot of other guys in a similar situation to you that, you know, it's their first time here on this team. How much has that helped you acclimate? Uh, it helped me out a lot, especially, you know, being a, being coming in so late and at the end of, I mean, July. So being able to talk to them since they got here in June and everything, just, you know, not knowing that I'm the only one that's going through certain situations. So, like, messing up on certain things, just knowing that I wasn't the only person. I won't be the first. I won't be the last. But they always there just to piggyback up and just say that they was in my position as well. So it really helped me out a lot just being able to relate to one another. How many years do you have to play here? Two. You have two. Okay, awesome. Um, and uh, did you get a waiver already to play, or do you need one? Uh, I need a waiver. We're in the works of it right now, so we finished a couple of things yesterday, so we're hopefully able to get out that waiver pretty soon. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. And then I did want to ask you, along the lines of what Jason mentioned, off-the-court stuff, who or what have influenced you the most in your life and kind of made you who you are? And that doesn't have to be a single thing. Uh. I would say my family, definitely my cousins, my mom and dad, uh, this girl that I grew up with since before I was born. So she's been there and is like my sister. So it's definitely them. They always keep me grounded, always keep me humble, keep me to keep working and just, you know, take advantage of every day you have. So just being in that environment or just growing up with them and having them around me definitely just made me who I am, be able to be a enjoyable person when I'm off the court and be about business when I'm on the court. Seneca, I don't know what your feelings were towards the color red prior to coming to BYU, but now that you're here, um, are you aware that you can no longer like the color red? Yes, sir. I'm aware. It was kind of a struggle. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Red was my favorite color, but getting here, blue started to rub off more and more. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, right? Um, tell us a little bit more about growing up in Louisiana and Lafayette. Obviously, we've heard of Louisiana Lafayette, right? And there's LSU and there's the Raging Cajun and, you know, the f- football's really good down there. 
Um, when did you start playing basketball? What was life like in Louisiana growing up? So originally, I lived in Louisiana to the age of four. And the year before Katrina, I moved to Jonesboro, Arkansas until the age of 12. And then I moved back to New Orleans. Mm. So just growing up there, you know, it has its problems just like every other place across the nation and everything. I know people probably heard of some things of this and that. But, you know, you just got to make the best of whatever situation you're in. And then um, I started playing basketball really my whole life, but I never really started playing it competitively until like maybe six years ago. I never really played AAU. That wasn't like a thing that me and my parents really were into. It was just more on working on my game and developing my game. And, you know, just going from school to school. So I went to a school in Chalmette right outside of New Orleans. Then my dad got a job to Lafayette. So that's how I ended up back in Lafayette my last two years of high school went to Northside High School, which also has, you know, its problems like every other place. But, you know, if you just focused on what you want to accomplish and your goals and everything, you know, it's not that hard to stay out of trouble. You mentioned your family quite a few times just in this interview. Obviously, it means a lot to you. Has your family been out here since you've been here? And and are they going to be able to come out and see some games during the upcoming season? They haven't been out here yet. But my mom's coming out next weekend. And, of course, my dad and mom's going to be able to make a game or two, maybe three. I don't know. My mom's really invested. My dad's very invested. So don't be surprised if you see them at more than half of the home games. They, <laughs> yeah. they love basketball. They love supporting, you know, me and whatever team I'm on. So they're just great people. So don't be surprised if you see them. Okay. So so your mom, your mom's coming out. You yeah. have her make what meal? I'm, I've got to assume there's one thing you want her to make when she comes out here that you can eat. What is it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I love my mom's green bean casserole, so I might have to ask for green bean casserole. Mm. Cat, you, Seneca, I don't know if you understand how much you have endeared yourself to people in the state of Utah. If there is one state in the United States that likes casseroles, it's Utah. <laughs> and the fact that you've said casseroles is just going to endear you even more to Cougar fans. Man, that's crazy. I even realized it. <laughs> we love, we love a, a casserole. We love a good casserole. We love a good casserole. A, a good jello, I think, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, tell us uh, what the next couple of weeks are going to be like before school starts, as you guys, I know, kind of had summer practice and, and uh, you're doing conditioning and whatnot. What's life like uh, before school starts and then until we get into the season in uh, November? Okay, so, yeah, some of the guys, you know, these two weeks, They'd be able to go back home, take a break. They've been working very hard since they got out here at the beginning of June. But uh, for me and a couple of other guys, I'm going to stay out here and keep working, keep getting better to try to make up for lost time as much as possible. And then just going ahead and into the season. So just, you know, when everybody get back, start hitting even harder, working harder, and then eventually going to two days and just prepare for the season. Just continue getting that chemistry down, continue learning the ins and out of the plays, and just trying to be the best we could possibly be on that first day on the first game. Well, Seneca, we're stoked. You're uh, at BYU. You look great in blue. You like casseroles. <laughs> We've learned a ton about you. Uh, hopefully you get that waiver to be able to play. We'll be paying attention yes, to sir. that. And uh, thanks for the time, man. Uh, thank y'all. I really appreciate y'all having me. Thanks. That's Seneca Knight, Men's Hoops. I'm stoked. He's, he's a really nice add to this yeah. team. And like you talked about, he was excellent at drawing fouls, getting to the free throw line, working on that th- the, uh, you know, the threes. Average 17 a game. I will always take a 17 a game guy. That San Jose State team struggled a little bit, but he took advantage of the opportunity, and now he's at BYU. I'm very excited. You can work on becoming a better shooter, but we know he's a scorer. 
talked about how important the defensive side of his game is to him. That's obviously going to be important to the coaches. I, 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 there's so many things about him. It's the first time I'd had a chance to talk with him. I really enjoyed his personality. And you can tell he is super excited to be here. And I've said this before with uh, different guys. There is a place at BYU for all types of people. And I love that Seneca Knight, not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, from Louisiana, there is a place for more Seneca Knights yes. at BYU. So great to have him here and hopefully gets that waiver because I'm banking on him playing. And <laughs> we've, I, we've already penciled him in, yeah, right? I'm like, he's in the starting lineup, right? Like he's starting three. I think uh, if BYU had had a guy like Seneca Knight in the UCLA game, that could have made a huge difference because that kind of perimeter length defensively will add, let alone his scoring. So it's, it's exciting, man. Yeah, looking forward to him on the court. All right, coming up, women's soccer head coach Jennifer Rockwood. And uh, will she call it the Ohio State or the Ohio State? And is Cosmo an Avenger? We've got some uh, information you need to know. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest BYUSN right now, Kiki talks to Gunnar Romney about the receivers and learns they may just have the most personality and athleticism. How about that? Check it out. Weigh in on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The source is the receivers, right? And uh, Gunnar Romney. <laughs> Did the DBs agree to that? I, I'm no, no, not probably sure. not. Probably yeah, not. Yeah. He is Jason. I'm Jeremy. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let us whip it. Good Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Zach Wilson and one Aaron Rodgers uh, broke the NFL internet yesterday with them hanging out and talking at a combined Jets-Packers scrimmage yesterday. What do you think they were talking about? Probably swag, because uh, a year ago, Zach Wilson said, as a player, I love how Aaron Rodgers plays. You know, he's my guy, but as far as the swag, the way he dresses, he doesn't have any. He has no swag. If he was to wear a cool helmet, get rid of that single buckle chin strap, shave a little bit, get rid of the baggy sleeves, you know, he could have some cool swag going for him. So Zach posted on Instagram a picture of them shaking hands and said, swag, at Aaron Rodgers, whatever. (laughs) So I'm sure they were talking about those comments, but really cool experience for one of the greatest players ever to be able to talk with Zach Wilson. And it really is true. I think they, I think actually Zach was, uh, was trying to get some sort of uh, discount on uh, insurance. <laughs> he was like, I know I, you got an in. I'm pretty sure Zach's going to be all right. And, and Zach, Zach's like, you know, and if I can't get this from you, I'm going to call Patrick Mahomes. Oh my God. We haven't had coaches on bikes yet this fall, but we did get our first taste of coaches working out with Preston Hadley and Gennaro Guilford of the BYU football coaching staff in the weight room. One part of the video showed our homie Gavin Fowler in sweatpants and a hoodie. Preston called him Sweatpants Gavin. Jason, are you a sweatpants guy in the gym? Uh, I am not. Uh, I, I'm, I love Gav, uh, but uh, I'm not sweatpants guy. I, I, I get I'm too sh- hot. Short. I need to be it short. Has to be, it has to be short. Although I did wear a hoodie recently. That's fine. But I didn't go sweatpants. That's fine. But yes, no, no sweatpants. Hey, let's comment on on, uh, the technique here from Gav. Solid. But see, I don't call those sweatpants. What do you call them? Um, Those are more like training pants. Training pants. Sweatpants are heavier to me. Oh, okay. Those are sweatpants. Those are sweatpants. Okay. Yes, I would call. So sweatpants, Jason. Sweat. Yeah. You're the one wearing them, sweatpants, Jerem. Yes, I love Gab. Gab is the best. All right. uh, An early rise and shout out to Scarlett Johansson, a.k.a. The Black Widow. 
for naming her son da 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 Cosmo. <laughs> she had a baby boy yesterday named him Cosmo. How cool is that? But wait. Isn't that trademark infringement on Cosmo? Should Cosmo sue Black Widow? I see what you did there. No. Uh, but that is cool with Cosmo. That's awesome. Look, I'm telling you. Would you name a kid Cosmo? Uh, probably not. Cosmo Shepard? Cosmo Jordan kind of sounds cool, maybe? There, there are now three Cosmos. Yeah. The Cosmo. Cosmo, son of Black Widow. And Cosmo Kramer. And Cosmo Kramer. There you go. It's awesome. That's first. All right, coming up. Only three. A rise and shout out to uh, elite use of your allowance. And Jennifer Rockwood, the women's soccer coach, will join us to preview the season and the matchup with Ohio State tonight. Let's go, baby. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU TV is sending two Cougar football fans to the season opener against Arizona in Las Vegas. One grand prize winner gets a trip for two, including flight, transportation, and lodging, plus tickets to the game. Five second-place winners will receive a BYU football fan pack and Roku. Follow BYU TV Sports on social media for details. Winners will be selected at random. Entry, by the way, does not guarantee a prize. The winners will be announced tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Today's word is loyal. Okay, it ends tonight. And we'll announce loyal tomorrow. So let's is go. the word. Loyal to the Royal. Let's go. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy joined alongside Jason Shepard. It is a bald night at Southfield. Women's soccer season kicking off. Number 15 BYU taking on Ohio State, who's just out of the polls at 26. And the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Jennifer Rockwood, now joins us, who is the greatest Ricks college basketball player turned BYU women's soccer coach <laughs> in history. Right, Jen? That is certainly true. I can say that's a true statement. Well, I think it is. Yes, you're the only coach in BYU women's soccer history. So there we go. How good of a basketball player at Ricks were you, by the way, before you transferred to BYU? Um, I was okay. I wouldn't say I was fantastic or great or anything, but, you know, I was okay. Were you a better soccer player than basketball player? Uh, yeah, I think so. Nice. I uh, did, you know, I'm, back in the day, I'm, I'm old where, you know, you could play four sports and be just fine. So... It's true. Let's go. Okay. Uh, you're starting what feels like the, you know, who knows what season, 27 uh, seasons, I think now. You played mm-hmm. in the spring. Unique, right? Because it was just a couple months ago you were playing competitively in the NCAA tournament. Now you're playing and kickoff tonight with a massive uh, game against Ohio State. How is this team prepared and, and is maybe more ready than normal because you did play in the spring? Yeah, I think this team is really prepared. I think we've done everything we could do. Um, you know, we ended on a, on a bit of a, a note that we didn't like uh, losing to Virginia. And so I think that created a, a lot of the anxiousness to, for, for us to start the, the new season. So girls worked hard over the summer, a quick turnaround. They're anxious to get back on the field. And uh, I think we're just ready to go. Super excited to see how we look against a real quality opponent. Even though you returned so many starters and a lot of production, where have you seen this team appear better from even just a couple of months ago when the season ended? 
Um, I think just overall our confidence and our experience. I mean, last season we were building a new back line. You know, we had Cass and Goal, who this was her first experience as a starting keeper. So, um, you know, we played a really tough schedule in the spring. I think we played more games than most any team in the country. Um, and so got a lot of really good experience. We're very fortunate that our seniors had the opportunity to come back and play a fall season. Um, and so I think just defensively, um, our team is better. And, and more confident. Uh, that's something that we grew a lot from last season. Yeah, that was a question in the spring, right? Those back five, and as you talked about, you're gaining more confidence, more experience, which is great. Um, in terms of the, uh, the other six, the midfielders and the forwards, this is a group that scores a lot of goals, a lot of talent led by Michaela Coulihan. How are they shaping up and, uh, offensively? Um, again, I just think that the experience that we had this last spring has, has brought more confidence and just a, a lot more leadership and experience on the field. And we haven't spent a lot of time. I mean, we've only been training for a week and a half or just two weeks now. We've spent most of our focus on um, offensive presence, our press, um, which leads right into our attack and our offense. And, um, you know, we just know that we can score goals. And so we haven't spent a ton of time on it. But I just think that's uh, kind of that natural instinct that we've tried to instill in our players is to get forward, uh, get in our opponent's attacking half, get good looks at the goal. And um, we were able to do that against Weber State. So I think that was uh, certainly a good start for us. If all you did, Coach, was just look at the stats of Michaela Michaela Coulihan, you would obviously realize just how great she is. What makes her such an impactful player on the pitch and and will go down as one of the greatest BYU soccer players ever. Yeah, Kayla certainly brings a ton of qualities to the field and they and I think right now uh, if you watch us play, you can just tell how easy the game comes to her. Um she makes it look simple. That's what all the great players do. They make the game look easy. Uh, she has a, a very high soccer IQ, so she understands the game. She understands how to find the ball, what to do when she gets the ball. Um, and now she's uh, also brought a lot of her leadership into our our team and on the field and then also instills that confidence in other players. So we certainly rely on her a lot both uh, on both sides of the ball. She starts our defensive press, um, and then we look for her in the attack. So just brings so many great qualities, Work has worked so hard over her career here and such a true and a great example to her teammates. Tremendous attacking midfielder. And then you look at uh, Cameron Tucker, got banged up against Weber State. What's the latest on her? Yeah, you know, we're um, concerned about Cam. She's not going to be able to play tonight, unfortunately. Um, but the good news is we think she'll only be out maybe a couple weeks. So uh, she says she's going to be a quick healer, uh, fast recovery. Um, so that's just going to be kind of a, a day-to-day thing right now uh, at this point. But we'll definitely have to have some players step up uh, since we won't have her this weekend for our, for our opening games. Who replaces Cam up front tonight? Uh, well, Rachel uh, McCarthy will start up top. You know, Rachel was a first-team all-conference player for us. So, um, you know, we have a lot of confidence in her. She's proven to score a lot of goals. I think she was our second-leading goal scorer on the team last year. So, you know, we're, we're in good hands there. We feel like we have a really deep bench, um, deeper than we even had last season. So we'll rely on that uh, a lot as well tonight. What a great way to begin the season. Two really good teams, Ohio State coming out here. Uh, this is a team that you've faced two times before in the last five years, so you're certainly familiar uh, with, you know, with coaching staff and kind of what they want to do. What stands out to you most when you look at the Buckeyes in this matchup tonight? 
you know, they're also coming off a, a very good season. Uh, they played in the spring, um, did well, made it sensibly tournament second round, kind of ran into Santa Clara, but they returned also all, most of their starters, I think nine out of their 11. So, um, you know, I think they're coming in also with a lot of great experience and confidence. Um, you know, they're just a great athletic team. They're very well coached, uh, very organized, and we're really going to have to be at our best. Um, but, you know, we love playing at Southfield. I think our energy will be fantastic. Really impressed with the way we came out against Weber State uh, last time we were out on Southfield. So um, lots to look forward to. I think it'll be a, a fantastic college match tonight. We're talking to Jennifer Rockwood, the women's soccer coach on BYU Sports Nation. Regarding Santa Clara, um, mm-hmm. how was how that emotionally watching them win the national championship? Because you were one seed line away from them. You split the regular season. And they had kind of the magical special national championship season. Were you happy for them? But were you, were you also jealous? Like, did that motivate in the offseason to be like, hey, we can do that? How, how did you guys feel about that? Um, I think all the emotions that you just talked about certainly came to mind. I watched all of their games during the tournament. And first, I didn't want to watch the Final Four of the national championship <laughs> game because I was jealous. Um, you know, we've been so close. We've tried so hard to get to that Final Four and haven't quite made it yet. So I was... I was a little jealous, but uh, at the same time, I was totally cheering for uh, for Santa Clara. Really respect that program and those coaches and, and those players. We saw all of those players twice this season and was really happy for them and excited. And they had a lot of alumni in the stands as well. And I, it was actually fun to recognize a lot of their alumni that we've played over the years and just really happy for them, happy for the WCC and representing. And then also giving our players and our staff uh, the realistic uh, vision that if Santa Clara can do it, why can't we do it? You know, we certainly have, have uh, been the strongest team in the WCC over the last several years and really dominated the conference. So I think that's certainly a realistic goal. Uh, and this group has that goal. They want to win the national championship. One of the reasons that Southfield is such an intimidating place is because of the fans and the fan support and how loud they get. And I know fans are excited to be able to come tonight. In terms of like weather and air quality, um, it seems like everything is trending in a very positive manner for tonight. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we're we're very optimistic. I already had several meetings uh, with uh, games management, admin, and, um, you know, their head coach. So uh, things are looking good. You know, it's just kind of like it's been the last year. You wake up in the morning, you're not sure if you're going to be able to play or not. But um, we will be ready if, if we're allowed to go. But things are trending in the right direction um, as far as the smoke, as far as the lightning. Um, and we plan on being out on Southfield. If something uh, were to happen that we weren't going to, we, we do have some contingency plans and, and possibly play in the indoor practice facility. Okay, live on BYU TV and the BYU TV app tonight at 9 Eastern. Jen, we appreciate the time. We look forward to it. Uh, it's going to be the beginning of a fun season. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Jason, nice jacket. Way to represent. Thank Looks you, good. Coach. Thank you. <laughs> Jennifer Rockwood, always uh, always repping uh, on BYU Sports Nation. She's awesome. And, again, the Santa Clara element is a real interesting wrinkle in this whole conversation because yeah. literally it was 11 and 12 seeds, BYU right. and Santa Clara. And Santa Clara had this run. And it's like BYU has been so close, including 2019, Elite Eight, uh, it's possible. It's possible to simulate that, to do that. Well, Sinclair showed the way. And, and I, love, I love the fact that she said all of those emotions that you brought up. And I think because I think Jealousy, every, certain, every single yeah. person that it would have been in that situation would have felt the exact same way. You're excited for them because they're from your league. You know them. Yeah. But you're also jealous. Like, 
we could have done that too. BYU's actually been a better program, as yes. Jen mentioned, the yes. last several and years. The fact that the, and the fact that BYU went there this year and picked up their very first win ever at Santa Clara, got the win on the road. The eventual... Okay. It's going to be a huge game at Santa Clara in the regular season. I get to call that. Yeah, you that do. Is, that is a conflict game with Greg, so I get to go to Santa Clara and call that game. There's no conflict when you're calling it. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> All right. Coming up, the Elite Voice. And a modern-day BYU sports version of the Widow's Might will tell you what happened yesterday on campus. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always on, available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio. You can also download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, with three guys still competing for the starting quarterback spot, how long of a lease should that guy have? At uh, Joe Brady 12 on Twitter. Should be pretty long. It's important for the players to not be looking over their shoulder every play. I think the starter should be the starter for at least two games before any changes are made due to poor play. Well, it could get real bad to where you want to make a change. You think there's a job, Brady 12? Like a Joe and Joe from back in the day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was John Beck, not Jason Beck. Just kidding. In response, uh, our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Mad Eye Cosmo, no relation to Scarlett Johansson. A-Rod said he's not a guy that pulls people out just because they make a mistake, which shows faith, and I like that. My philosophy is throw a pick once, shame on you. Throw a pick twice, shame on me. Throw a pick thrice, you sit next to the power rate. Um, yeah, and maybe it's 2015's Vegas Bowl, first quarter. Like, th- maybe that's... Uh, let's not ever see I that, know, it's the worst. that scenario play it's out again, so ever. Especially against Utah. <sighs> I just... After it was 35 nothing, I went over to the edge, and I just keeled over and just, like, exhaled like that in frustration. Like, oh, my gosh. It's just like I, I, I need to I hate this. my life so much right now. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union. The official credit union of BYU Athletics. So yesterday, this is Tom such Homo, a cool story. The athletic director presents to a class at Education Week. He does this every year. Why? I don't know, but he makes himself successful. He's great. And he talks about the all-in campaign and how they raised 15 mil plus for that. And there was a teenager who gave him a crumpled up $10 bill after to help the cause. That is so cool. That's pretty awesome. So shout out to that teenager for doing that. We don't know your name, but uh, if we do, let us, let us know. We'll, we'll mention it. That's pretty awesome. Okay, thanks to today's guests, Seneca Knight and Jennifer Rockwood. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. Oh, you know what I haven't done in like two years? Are we back to throwing the football? The football. The, none, of, none of the people back here yeah. have any clue what you're even doing. I haven't thrown it forever. Someone reminded but me I did that. you usually do that right as we go to break. Well, I, they took a shot, so I had to get it in. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. ran out of time for Jason Umjerum. Shout out to Katie Larkin. Women's soccer against Ohio State tonight, 9 Eastern. Go Cougs.